what what do we do with those things? What do we do when um, we know someone that that we know or that we love is sick, and we yeah, Ken. Do you pray? Huh? Do we pray? We do pray. Thank you, Ken. Um, but they're sick, and we pray, right? And we beg God to heal them, uh, and they don't get healed, and they pass away. How how do we how do we make sense of that? How how do we work through that? Um, and for some, as you finally get consistent in your time with God, I mean, you're being faith, faithful, and you're starting to grow in your faith, and all of a sudden, these friends that you thought you had, someone just stabs you in the back. Uh, and you're like, God, I, I, I was trying to do everything right, and, and this occurs. Um, you can be faithful to God in, in purity, respect your parents, choosing to do what's right, and, tr- and troubles are going to fall your way. And things that we even pray for and, and ask God for may not work out the way that we hope. Sometimes we look back and we look back and we're like, man, that's for the better. There was a girl, uh, I won't say her name, uh, but there was a girl that I used to date way, way back. And I begged for God, let this be the woman that I marry. Let this be her. And praise God, he had a different plan. Uh, because as I've looked back and seen where that could have gone, it wasn't a great place. Uh, and what God had planned for me and, 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 and before me was so much better than what I prayed for or hoped for. Sometimes we look back and go, thank you, God, you did not give, give me my prayers. But sometimes we look back at, at prayers and go, God, I just don't know why it didn't work out. I just still don't understand. I think there's sometimes in life we're never going to fully understand, even when we look back on it, why things don't work out the right way. Um, it's easy to praise God and worship Him when things are going great and blessings just drop in your lap. We were, just speaking of that, I was thinking, my wife and I got to go to lunch today. We had a meeting that we had to go to, and we swung by Nukes uh, to pick up lunch. And as we went in there, I thought, hey, I've got my app, and I, I eat there every now and then, so I think I've got enough points to get a free meal. And so we went in there to, to pay for it, and so she pulls the app up. Uh, and so we're getting two two meals, and she goes, I said, yeah, I'd, I'd like to use the free 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 meal rack. And she said, would you like to use both, both of them? Look at God, right? Look at God. Right? And I was like, hey, hey, yeah, I'll use both of them. Like a, so sometimes those, those cell things are nice, but there's other times in life, and they're big, bigger than a free meal, uh, that things don't work out, and it just really hurts. And it's really hard. Um, have you ever heard of the term of that's a, that's a lemon? And I'm not talking about the, the fruit that I hold in my hand. I don't have it. It's very small. A lemon means this, that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's unsatisfactory or defective. A lot of times you, if you get a car that's bad, uh, that doesn't work right, like you bought it, you expected all this stuff to work, and it doesn't. And I can, I can, I can, I've experienced this in my life once when I was a young teenager and even now as an older uh, uh, a mature adult, not older adult. Um, but have you heard the phrase, when life hands you lemons? Somebody, if life gives you lemons, squirt somebody in the eye. Throw it back at life. Uh, so there's all these, these phrases. This is, this is a truth. Life is guaranteed to give you lemons. Uh, the question is, what are you going to do when it ha- happens to you? 
That they, they say you really get to know someone when they're squeezed. When life isn't working out, they're stressed and things are hurting and they're pressed and pushed. And what comes squished out like a jelly sandwich, if you're squeezed like that, what comes out is really what you're, what you're made of. Um, Thank you. you know, as I thought about this, there, 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 there's a man at our church named Hugo who has been here, uh, I don't even think quite a year yet, and just five months ago or six, he was diagnosed with can't, it can't, it cancer. The prognosis doesn't look, look great for, for him. Uh, and he's not a real old guy, but the spirit that's in him is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Uh, his graciousness, and he has hard days. I know he has really bad days, but when he talks to you, you think, if I ever complain about anything ever, I am just going to pull my eye out about it. Because it's just so, there's just that, what he, he's been squeezed on what's coming out is just Jesus. Uh, what Jesus is doing in his life. So when you're, you're squeezed, squeezed, what comes out? Does fear come out? Anger come out? Or does faith come out? We're going to look in Daniel chapter 3. Uh, and uh, we're going to uh, stand and read verses 1 through 7. Katie's going to come down here. I'll walk over here and turn the air down a little bit. Oh, yeah, let's go, Katie. Can I hit the We're going to read from verses 1 through 7. We stand in honor of God's word and uh, just follow along with them. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was sixty cubits, and breadth six cubits, and set it on the plain of Dura, in the providence of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, prefects, and the governors and counselors, and uh, treasurers and justices, and magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces, to come to the dedication of the image of the King Nebuchadnezzar and set up. Then the side trades, the uh, prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then they stood before the, the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, dragon, a harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you were to fall down and worship the golden image that the king of Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, dragon, uh, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the image that the king had Nebuchadnezzar. All right, let's pray together. Do gotta thank you so much for your word uh, for us to open up to look at as we sort of go talk about where we just read and sort of read on past that word. I said you would move in this place, uh, Lord, uh, and um, God. May we have faith uh, that when we are squeezed, that you you are seen. Uh, for in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Have a seat. Um, okay, great job on all those words. Yeah, Kate. So, what it, what it meant was a lot of horns were played, and a lot of the most important uh, 
uh, officials were, were there, that they were all called in. He made a statue of gold. Why do you think he made a statue of gold? Anybody know? That's right. In the dream that we just read, I uh, talked about this past week. Thank you. Very good job. The head was gold. He said that, that that head represents you. So how quickly this king forgets what he says, man, your God is the God of gods, the God of kings, uh, the, the, the ruler of all. He's just said in chapter 2. And in chapter 3, he says, well, I'm going to make my own golden stick. Statue, but it's not going to be just be gold for the head. It's going to be all the way gold. So it's going to be better than what that God did in my dream. So he's already trying to boast, and he's he's going to bring every big name in town to come. And they've got to, when these horns are played, they've got to bow down to this idol. Now, to give you a scope of what it is, there's a statue called Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. Now, this from feet to, to top of the head is 98 feet tall. Okay, so that shows you in scope. This one is about ninety. Really, it, it, some might say ninety feet tall. I would say it's probably ninety-four feet tall. But let's not be. It's just being exact. It's hard to tell what a a cubit is. Usually, it's probably a twenty-eight inch span. Some will say eighteen. I think it's twenty. So it's almost the same height as this guy right here. Now, this is sort of what it would look in a picture. Someone drew sort of this to go the next one. So, so the same sort of scale, this big statue of gold that they are supposed to, to bow down to. And the question is, I wonder is, how can a king who has just seen God work in a mighty way forget so quick, so quick, or turn so quickly? When he announces, oh God, you're, uh, your God is, is the one true God, and all of a sudden now you bow down to God. But then when we ask ourselves, how quickly do we, when we are confronted face-to-face with the one true God and we, we experience them, we come uh, at a camp or at a D-Now or at, a, at a, a church service and we come face-to-face with God in our lives and we, we submit to Him, sometimes how quickly do we sort of fall away? Oh, did King Nebuchadnezzar bow down to the idol too? It doesn't say that he did. Um, but he was sort of bowing. To, he was more a, an, an, an idol to himself. Is sort of so they were really bowing down to him as king. But that's a great thing to ask. So we're going to read now, now in verse eight. So we see this big thing was made for everybody to bow down. Look here in verse eight and just follow along with me. It says, therefore, at that certain uh, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and malicious, maliciously accused the Jews. They declared King Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, king, live forever. What a bunch of suck-ups, right? First thing, yeah. oh, king, I mean, just, if someone comes up to you and they're like that, look out for what they're about to say. Oh, it's not for your best <laughs> Then verse 10 says, you, oh, king, have made a decree that every man of hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, that every kind of, mu- of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and, and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the provinces, of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O King, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or, or, or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be, be brought. So they brought these men before the king. 
way back in the day when I uh, uh, was a young man at the age of 20, gosh, 21 or 2, I went off to college at Palm Beach Atlantic, and, and I didn't know a soul there. I went down to a college. I didn't know anybody there. And it was in a, a winter term when I started. Most of the rest of them had started in the fall, so everybody knew each other. I was really the new guy. And I went there, and um, I got into a dorm, and y'all heard the story of how Michelle and I were, were put together to work at a church by the school. So I was going to be her ride to school. And so I met her one time, her and her twin, they freaked me out in a classroom where they approached me, and I thought I was being attacked by mice because of their voices. They were cute mice, but they were still mice. So I remember talking to, um, to the guys in my dorm and, and went, Man, I met these girls, and they seem like some great girls. Uh, Michelle and Melissa, champ, 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 champion. And they said to me, oh, the Eminem twins? And uh, they said, dude, you've got no chance with them. They're like, like dating snobs. They won't go out with anybody. And I went, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, but I thought it all. Challenge accepted. Okay, because I thought this girl, there's something about this, this girl. Now it took me five months to ask her out from 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 the time. I just, I just took my time. She thought it was a little, a little too slow, but it was perfect time. And um, but their reputation among the guys at school, and it wasn't just the guys in my dorm. But they were like, oh. Those girls will not go out with anybody. They are like, their standards are way too high. Girls, you need that. Standards, way too high. Reputation, great one to have. Fantastic one to have. It's, it's worth it, okay? So, um, right here in the text, we see something in, in verse uh, 11. It says, um, let me get it here. That verse 12, that there were certain these guys who accuse them saying, hey, there are certain Jews. There are these certain Jews who you have appointed. Just take note of this. Their reputation preceded them. Okay? This is the first thing we see in the text. These Jews were known about. Why? Because the way they lived and what they believed. Their reputation was known. Uh, my question to you is how is your reputation and how are you uh, we all um, we all have one is it self-centered or God-centered and that's something we can ask a lot now we, we shouldn't be trying to ask everybody hey what what do you think I'm like I'm like what, what do folks say about me when I'm not there no, we should live a way that that honors God that they go oh don't don't even ask that ask that guy to go to a party or do this or that because he's not gonna he's not gonna do it at all. Uh, he's he's gonna like talk against it and try to talk you away from it. Stay away from that guy. Reputation. What do you have? Because the, these guys had one that was very strong, but it wasn't about them. It was about their faith in God. That's what got them in trouble in the first place. And a lot of times, your faith in God will get you in trouble with the world. The world's not going to like it. The crowd's going to attack you. They're going to, to beat you down. They're going to call you names. They're going to try to entrap you. It's going to happen. Your faith in God, the world's not going to like it. And then we see it in verse 14. Old, old King Nebi gives them a chance. 
Okay, that's, that's, that's my, my, my code name for on here. Um, uh, he gives them a second chance. He's such a very nice king. Verse 14, uh, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or, or, or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music fall down uh, and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace, this big pit of fire. And, and who is the God? Who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? This is the same king at the end of chapter 2 that said, oh, your God is the God of gods and the God of kings. So quickly he has forgotten. Now he says, hey, who, who, is, who is going to save you out of my hands? And what's beautiful, one of the parts about this text is that they don't hesitate. They don't pause. They say in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to de deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I want you to note something. When, when someone makes a stand like this, there's a fiery furnace in front of them. Death is before them and almost certain to come for them right here and right now. And they have decided well before this, 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 this moment where they stand. And you decide what you're going to do next week right here, right now. You decide tomorrow how you're going to act days before when you make choices to honor God, to follow Him, to seek Him. That will gird you up. That will give you resolve you need that when fire can come, you're, you're ready for it, and you're going to, going to make the right choice. So we see their reputation preceded them, too. We see their faith drove them. Their faith drove them. Uh, how did it drive them? I'm glad you asked. Two ways. Um, the first, they believed in God's com commands. Where do I see that they believed in God's commands? We know that they were, um, they were good uh, uh, Jews. They were taught as a young age the Torah, so they knew the Word of God. This is what it says in Exodus chapter 2. 20 verses 1 through 6. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven uh, uh, that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water un under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers, only the children of the third and fourth, generation of those who hate me. He says, I, he says you, you shall not bow to them. Whatever is put before you in this world, you shall not bow before you. Only bow before me. You only worship me. They